Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, September 4th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Two topics today. We start with Missouri and SEC football. The Tigers have been practicing, but their opening game is three weeks away against Alabama. The Big 12 and ACC will start two weeks earlier, and games involving other conferences that haven't delayed their fall season have already been played. The delayed start could be to Missouri's advantage. It gives new coach Eli Drinkwitz and his staff more time to work with the team and sort out the quarterback situation. Beat writer Suichi Tirada and I talk about this and other topics. After a break, we switch sports and talk Sporting KC with Sean Goodwin. He catches us up on the team that's coming off a 1-1 draw with FC Dallas, a game in which Sporting KC made some interesting lineup changes. After our conversation, you'll hear a clip from Sporting KC coach Peter Vermees. So let's get started talking Mizzou football with Suichi Tirada. Suichi, how you doing? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, just like Mellinger tweeted yesterday, the weather's been very nice this summer, so I have no complaints. No complaints. You're a Michigan guy. I don't know what, you know, I'm, I'm always curious about, um, you know, your winters were harsh, your summers were mild, um, you, but this is, um, you know, your first Missouri summer going into fall. I hope I hope it's what, you're, what you expect it to be or hope it to be. Yeah, uh, I spent And I don't know week. what that is. Yeah, I spent a week in Columbia, actually, for a journalism um, boot camp, SJI, a couple years ago. So I kind of knew what I was coming into, but it's been a lot better than uh, I expected. So once again, no complaints. There you you go. All right. You know, unlike um, Kansas State and Kansas, uh, which are, you know, on the eve of of, uh, season opening games, right, they're eight days away today, we're we're, – we're running this on Friday, September 4th. We're recording it on Wednesday, September 2nd. You know, the full transparency alert from Sportsbeat KC. Um, but Jesse and um, and Kellis are gearing up for their team's season opener. That is not the case with you and um, in, in covering Mizzou. You've got to wait until September 26th. I will say it's better than waiting until whenever the big – you know, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to play, but it's still a, a long haul. So just tell us how um, Eli Drinkwitz and the staff have had to make some adjustments to the late start to the season. I mean, the, the athletes have been on campus. A lot of the athletes have been on campus since mid-June, and and they're not going to play until you know the, the last weekend in September. Yeah, we've still got a few weeks here until SEC football formally kicks off. Um and on Tuesday, the SEC finally, or you know, first announced their kickoff time and TV details and all that kind of stuff. So Mizzou kicks off on against Alabama on ESPN. So that should be fun to watch if and when it does happen. But yeah, you know, there there have been many adjustments. I mean, you really think about how they have more time than usual. Uh, they they still have the twenty five practices, a lot of practices for training camp. But it's spread out over, you know, for example, 40 days compared to, I believe, it's like 28 or 29 in the traditional offseason. So they have more time in the sense that, you know, they more off days and you're able to kind of, you know, it's not necessarily the grind of training camp it usually is. But obviously with the pandemic and everything, you're still kind of dealing with the after effects of no spring football and summer workouts are, you know, different and unprecedented and something we've never seen before. So there are these small little factors. I think. You know, at this point, based off of everything we've heard at a training camp, but we haven't talked to them since Saturday, um, last Saturday, uh, just with the, tra- the schedule and everything for availability. But, 
you know, it really does sound like the offense is just going through the struggles it does, you know, in the first 10, 15, 20 practices of training camp. And and, and that is difficult just because, like I said, you don't have spring football, so you, you don't have that kind of base layer of knowledge you, you can go off of months ago. So uh, at this point, it's, it's really just working through whatever they can, and, and that's a lot for Mizzou. Luckily, the defense knows what it's doing, but the offense still has a lot to go through. So that's, that's just kind of where Mizzou is at. Uh, and, and we'll see how that offense looks day one. It, it might not be as smooth as some fans are expecting. Yeah, uh, but you you could also make the argument that you know the the additional time is given uh, the 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 new coaching staff with a new starting quarterback, whoever that ends up being, uh, just additional time to to work on uh, you know knowledge, timing, the types of things that uh, you know that that. Uh, take a little while to develop now it's not in you know game action obviously there's nothing no substitute for game action and of course Missouri's as you mentioned the first game is going to be against one of the nation's top teams in Alabama so no real dress rehearsal for for that game but at least there are additional weeks to you know to to try to figure things out offensively for Missouri with a new coach new quarterback why don't you Take us through. I know every time, just about every time we talk, we we, we talk about the quarterback position. Missouri <laughs> is being coy about it, and and look, that's you know that that's typical for a college team that has a quarterback. You know, supposedly a quarterback battle. Um, you don't want to tip your hand to the opponent. I get that, and and uh, but but just what 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 you've seen, heard. Um, what, what take us through the um, you know the quarterback hierarchy right now. <laughs> Blair, I, I will be completely transparent with you. I have no clue because one, we had the media hasn't been able to see practice besides photographers and videographers. So, and, and that's really only the first few minutes. So we haven't seen these guys in practice taking reps, throwing the ball. I haven't seen, you know, I have not seen Sean Robinson throw football since my time on the Mizuki. So, um, you know, besides a few few times in fall camp, but I'm not really paying attention to that because he had a red shirt. He, he had to sit out last season, so. You know, and, and the thing is, too, like like you mentioned, like Drinkwitz has said that, you know, one, they're not going to announce it, and, and two, they're definitely, you know, behind the scenes, they're definitely telling the players, don't don't tip anything on the quarterbacks, because whenever the wide receivers or really anybody is asked about the quarterbacks, you know, they're pretty much kind of just give a blanket statement that they look good, they bring the strengths, they're competitive, etc. So we really don't have anything, you know, we, we can ask Eli about it all, all we want, but he's not going to tip us at either, so... You know, it really is in the dark here, and I think some fans. Um, I, I've seen some mixed reactions. I think some fans want to know. I, I think some fans are kind of happy that Mizzou is doing this. But yeah, I mean, full transparency though, boy. Like, I can't, I can't give you a hierarchy just because we haven't seen it. We have, you know, unlike Kirby, Kirby over on the Chiefs side, I can't go to camp so and, and get tested and, and see these practices. So <laughs> at this point, pretty much everybody in the media, besides what we hear. Uh, from coaches is pretty much in the dark and who knows, you know, you can say whatever you want, um, you know, behind the scenes, the media and everything too. So yeah, at this point there's, there's a whole lot of nothing right now. Right. Well, Sean Robinson, of course, has the experience or has game experience having been uh, the TCU quarterback and Connor Bazelak, of course, and uh, Taylor Powell was uh, Bazelak and Powell would be the other, the, the other leading candidates. And, um, I'd, I'd be surprised if it wasn't Robinson, but again, what, what does it, um, what does it hurt Eli Drinkwitz and his staff to keep it under, you know, keep it close to the vest and have 
opponents, at least Alabama, have to prepare for different quarterbacks, different styles, and uh, and apparently, you know, that's that, that's part of the gamesmanship that happens in in college football. Um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, just the you know Missouri has had um, you know in the SEC we, we've seen some some news about testing policies. I think didn't I see the SEC is going to go to three it's going to go three times a week for football players during once once the season begins. Yeah, so essentially when they first released their guidelines or whatever, it was two times a week and with the potential chance of a third time a week closer to game day. But um, the SEC kind of backtracked that and said, you know, we are going to do three times a week. So that that's probably a lot safer for the student athletes and everything. Um, yeah, around the SEC, I think you're starting to see the effects of students coming back. I think last time we spoke... Uh, we, we touched up on that a little bit. Auburn had to shut down practices last week, and they're down, you know, a few players when they are practicing. And then LSU had an entire positional group, similar to what uh, I believe happened at Oklahoma. For what it's worth, you know, the most recently made available data from Mizzou was last week. So that is pretty old news in the age of COVID. But, you know, for, for to Mizzou's credit, they have been doing pretty well. You know, in this case, no news is good news. And for all intents and purposes, like Mizzou has done great. I believe the numbers last week were five people were in quarantine, two positive, two two cases of uh, COVID nineteen were positive, and three were in social isolation just because of contact tracing and all that. So, um, and once again, though that data is new, we haven't heard anything new from Mizzou uh, in the last week just because of once again the way availability came out. But it's been it's been it's been kind of good, and but you know. Like like we talked about last time, Blair. Like the next week or two is it's still crucial, just because this is when classes have started up, and you know the transmission or whatever of COVID is uh, right about now. So, you know, I, I think people are cautiously optimistic about kicking off in about three weeks now, but it, it very much so is you know still taking this seriously, still trying to make sure kids aren't testing positive on all, and uh, and making sure they're getting ready for football. Right, and we also know uh, that Missouri has—I um, believe I'm right on this—they're they're counting um, uh, fan, counting on fans being in the stands for home at Faro Field for games uh, up to—is it up to 25% capacity? Um, again, almost a month before the first game, we know some schools have changed their policies after making an initial announcement, but that's where we stand with Missouri right now, is it not? Yes, up to 25, and the freezing, I guess, is up to 25%. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's a good thing. Um, I, I wrote a story last week saying that it's, it's going to, you know, season tickets will be essentially be distributed based on donor levels. So if you are, you know, if you haven't donated, you, you might end up being getting the short end of the stick based on supply and demand. But, one, you know, I, I think we've seen that that's not necessarily guaranteed either with a team, with a school like Kansas State, who I believe Kellis Robinette, our, our B writer, reported, uh, they didn't sell all tickets, you know, just because of people's concern and everything. Uh, so it, we, we won't know that for a little bit from Mizzou just because of the way they do it. it it's just based off of timing. Like, the, you know, the donor, the highest donor level goes first and then goes from there. So we won't know that for a little bit. But, you know, that's that's very much so a real possibility just because of the pandemic and people's concerns. But, yeah, I mean, if we have fans of Furrow Field, that'd be great. I think everyone's kind of itchy to hear some crowd noise, kind of like Sporting KC. But... Once again, we're, we're still a few weeks out, so all those details are still getting worked out. I'm going to be really curious to see once football season starts, and again, we'll see it begin with um, you know with uh, in other conferences. How much or to what extent uh, crowd noise will be piped in? 
you know, uh, we've seen some of that, you know, in, in baseball. And if you, if you watch a, you know, a Royals game on television, you hear some crowd noise that is, that's being piped into the stadium and, uh, watching the NBA, uh, you'll hear, you'll hear some crowd noise, you know, piped into the arena there in, in Orlando. So I wonder if colleges will, will, will follow suit and do the same thing. I'll, I'll be curious to see, you know, uh, one, one of the big advantages of being a, you know, a home team is, is being able to, you know, disrupt a quarterback's, uh, cadence rhythm and everything from with the home you know with the home fans and that's that won't be available if if there's a very limited or no fans in the stands we'll just have to see about that so all right sweetie hey great catching up with you and uh we will do it again soon all right thanks thanks player Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we're here with Sean Goodwin, who covers Sporting Kansas City for the Star. And Sean, uh, first of all, I know... We had some fun with this a couple of weeks ago, but let me be um, among those to congratulate you on your U.S. citizenship. I think that's it's official, and yes. I think it's pretty cool. Yes, it's been official for exactly a week, uh, a week about and that? about um, eight hours now. So, yeah, uh, officially U.S. citizen after nine years. So, look, look, nine years, you've done many, many American things, but is there anything that you did after officially becoming uh, a U.S. citizen to celebrate in an um, American way? No, I, I went straight from the ceremony to a sports and KC press conference, as you do. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah, right. for, within half an hour. And, uh, no, I've not really done anything. I mean, it's the exact same. I guess at the end of the day, it'll, I guess it'll hit home a bit more when I get to finally vote. There you go. Because, um, you know, I moved here when I was 14, so I've literally never voted in an election in my life, and I'm going to be 24 by November. So that'll be cool, I guess. That'll be very cool. Uh, again, congratulations and welcome uh, to the family. All right, so Sporting Kansas City, we're recording this on, on Thursday evening. Uh, Sporting Kansas City played last night on Wednesday at uh, at Children's Mercy, played to a 1-1 draw with mm-hmm. uh, FC Dallas. Um I guess not. Not all one-one draws are alike, and those are those have been the last two Sporting KC outcomes. And I sense some some frustration with Sporting Kansas City over the game in in Colorado over the weekend. 
maybe a little less so after the outcome on Wednesday. Did I did I misread that, or is is there something to was it just something more positive to take from from Wednesday's outcome than the weekend game? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I hate to contradict you, but I'd say it's the offers of play. Oh, oh, oh well, you, well, that is such an yeah. American thing for you to do. Go ahead. Hang on, right? Um, you know, the Colorado game. I mean, at the end of the day, on the road, Colorado is a tough place to play anyway, and going down a goal and tie it up, and then Gaddy Kinder gets sent off. So, you know, to play the last twenty minutes with ten men in Colorado, um, especially you know as quick as the playing games, I think they were, you know, you can at least be somewhat pleased. But compare that to the game against um, Dallas, that could have been three, four, five, one. I mean, Dallas scored the early goal, and then that just kind of seemed to have kicked Kansas City into gear. Uh, they outshot Dallas 22 to 5, I believe, in the game. But only three of those were on target. There was 14 block shots. I mean, the players said it himself, they should have scored more. So I think after the Colorado game, they're like, okay, we escape with a point. After the Dallas game, they're like, we should have won 3 or 4 1. So that's how I read it. Gotcha. Well, and you're right about uh, Colorado. I don't think sporting hasn't won there in quite a while. Um, 2014, I believe. Yeah, that that's amazing. And um, uh, and and so, I guess the reason that I uh, that, that I framed it the way I did was it, it was a different lineup for Sporting Kansas City mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Unique and young uh, in the middle. Tell us about that and what the kind of what the significance is in in the in the short term and maybe the long term for Sporting Kansas City to go as young as it did. Yeah, I mean, said to yourself, they went young. I mean, you're looking at 18-year-old Buzio, 19-year-old Cameron Duke, and 22-year-old Felipe Gutierrez. I mean, I consider myself younger, 23. They're all so younger than me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, you've got, Several midfielders out, Ilya family issues, um, Kinder obviously suspended, and Felipe Gutierrez is out for the season. Uh, so yeah, I guess it was a, a completely homegrown centre midfield for sports in Kansas City. I, I don't even know the last time that would have happened in MLS, to be honest. But no, they performed really well. I mean, they, they took a little bit of time to grow into the game, aside from Buzio. I mean especially Cameron Duke and uh, Felipe Hernandez. They're young, it's good, you know, first starts, you're just kind of getting into things. But once they got into the groove of the game, 25, 30 minutes in, they fit right into place. And if that's the sort of players that the Kansas City Academy is churning out, you know, also with uh, Jalen Lindsay in defence as well, um, it's, it's a bright future for uh, Kansas City going forward for sure. Now, Buzio is somebody we've talked about so often, um, and he just seems—he seems to be getting better progressively th- this season. Um, and of course, it's uh, during the restart, I should say. Um, you know, he had a—I remember, I can't remember—I can't pick out the game. Maybe it was the first game at the restart, uh, the tournament in Orlando, where he seemed a little out of place or out of sorts. Uh, but it just hasn't seemed that way. The goal, as you mentioned on Saturday. Which a rocket shot from distance, mm-hmm. and uh, and I thought he, you know, a, a couple of some tackles last night. I, I was really yeah. impressed by him. So this guy's got some upside, doesn't he? Oh, he has some upside. I mean, the interest from Europe is warranted, but yeah, I mean, we you know we got flashes of him last year. Of course, he played plenty of minutes, but this was going to be his breakthrough year. 
Uh, honestly, the MLS is back tournaments. I mean, Peter never said it. I don't think he really would unless he was playing really bad. But I think he was frustrated with how Buzio was playing. And then as circumstances had it, Ilya now was out with family issues and, you know, Espinosa's day-to-day and said all the other problems. It's now forced Buzio to play and to get defensive midfield role, which he's never really done. But apparently, you know, he's got the skill sets for it. Like I said, he's strong, great at tackling. I mean, some of the, some of his slide tackles in 50-50s last night were great. And uh, just to top it all off, his distribution, um, also the midfield to the front three has been impeccable these last couple of games. So, Kansas City's got a real talent on their hands. Whether they can keep him for much longer, we'll see. Yeah, that is the question, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. He's... Um, uh, at his age and his skill level, um, I, I don't know how much longer uh, we'll have to see yeah. how much longer he, he might wear a, a sporting KC uniform. Um, okay, so uh, they the team plays Saturday at Houston, mm-hmm. and then they have a break in the schedule. They get a full week yeah. and a day. So September 13th, they play again at Children's Mercy against Minnesota. And then after that, silence. Because we, we don't know the schedule after that. And we're actually, when you and I stop talking, we're going to hear Peter Vermees speak to this issue. It's a, It's got to be a little bit, um, you know, in sports, you just always, you want to know, you don't know everything, but you do know your schedule. And uh, in this case, sporting doesn't know its schedule. What's the MLS doing? Um, why, why is there, uh, you know, not a schedule beyond September 13? And what's what's the objective here for the for the league? Uh, I mean, the reason why there isn't a schedule, you know, past what we got right now is just the issue of, you know, what what happens if they start playing the home markets and cases start flying and obviously there's teams that can't play in home markets right now, um, you know, kind of the teams, obviously. Um, so they were kind of releasing it as we go. What we're in now is phase one. I think I heard they're doing three phases, but I've also heard and been reading that next week we should hear the schedule for the rest of the season. Uh, whether that comes to fruition, we'll see. Hopefully going forward we'll know what we're looking at until through November though. But, uh, you know, Peter is showing some frustration about it, but at the end of the day, he knows everyone's in the same boat. It's not like there's disadvantages and advantages because of this. So he's just dealing with it as it comes along with every other team in the league. Gotcha. Okay. Hey, I thought uh, Matt Beasler played well um, in the second yeah. half on on uh, on Wednesday. He's got something pretty cool coming up. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, Matt, he announced it yesterday via Instagram and had a little chat with him earlier, but he's, uh, he's partnering with Good Sense Delhi. Uh, you know, obviously Kansas City founded DeSoto-based and essentially, you know, he's a Kansas City kid, and because of COVID, all these high schoolers, especially seniors, have missed out, you know, on the on high school seasons. So essentially, Beasley is partnering with um, Good Sense for a competition where anyone can submit, um, submitting athletes who's currently in the class of 2020 or 2021. Uh, what makes them a good sport KC, which is basically just, you know, good leadership, making the most out of a negative situation with COVID, 
And from there, Beasler and Goodsense go pick 10 wingers. Uh, the wingers get Goodsense for a year. You know, no one can complain about that. Um, you get to feature it in a commercial uh, with Beasler, which should, it's being filmed later this year. Uh, it's via Zoom as a social distancing. And uh, you get a bunch of sports and KC swag. So, you know, pretty good deal. But yeah, so that's what Beasler's kind of doing to, to give back to, you know, juniors and seniors who, you know, would have missed out on the final year. Right. Very cool. Uh, well done. And, um, and Matt Beasler of Blue Valley West and mm-hmm. lifelong Kansas City and, and uh, salute him for, for this effort. So, okay, Sean, great catching up with you. I appreciate mm-hmm. you spending some right. time with us. And we are going to now hear from Peter Vermees. Coach, last week after the loss against Houston, you kind of flipped the question to us to show you, or, you know, asking us, show me a team that's been consistent this season and with all the start and stop. Um, My question is, how do you combat that inconsistency? And have you seen your team kind of find consistencies, whether it's in game, you know, in gameplay or in practice? What's the, the update on that? Yeah, look, I, I, I think it's, you know, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be very hard in this season to get consistency. Um, you know, the bottom line is we don't even know what our schedule looks like after the Minnesota game. And so to understand, you know, when when, when, when we start a season, um, you know, we know our whole schedule. You start planning out trainings, days off, time off for the players where they can get a break and actually maybe leave town if possible to get their head clear. There's just a lot of different things that you are able to plan for over the course of a season. It hasn't been the case, you know. We've had three starts. I said, I think last week we've had three starts this year. Um, you know, you had started the regular season before COVID. You had the MOS back tournament, and you had back in market, and uh, and then you had some teams that didn't even play last week. And so there's just there's just a lot of complexity that's going on on a regular basis. And I don't, I just don't think that you're going to overcome that um, anytime soon. And so the whole idea is to try to. Um, continue to try to prepare your team uh, week after week. You know, we're we're basically playing every three, four days, and uh, it's it's also hard on training too because you have to be very careful, especially with recovery, and then very little time in between. So you can't you can't really overburden or overtax the players from a training perspective. So you're you're really really doing inventory after each game and deciding, you know, what you're going to do. Um, that upcoming week and planning is 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 definitely not the uh, is is not the word of the day. It's more of being able to improvise, adapt, adjust is what is what you're talking about, and you're asking the players to do the same thing on a regular basis. And I say it all the time that you know they probably don't get enough credit from that point of view because it's 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 not easy, um, you know, with the schedule and the and the way that they're having to change their routines. Um, and, and look, it doesn't matter if you're in playing professional soccer or you're working, you know, for, you know, whatever, Sprint, Hallmark, I don't care, whatever company you're working for. The end, you know, most most people are creatures of habit and routines. And when that changes and most people don't like change, it becomes very difficult. And so there's been a lot of change this year and just we have to continue to be able to improvise, adapt, adjust and, and, and try to eliminate um you know as much of the outside noise as we possibly can 
That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Wells, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Suichi Tirada, who covers the Mizzou Tigers, and to Sean Goodwin, our Sporting KC beat writer. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. And that includes the Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There are more than 50 additional pages of national sports coverage today. But here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday with a new episode.